Welcome to this special edition of the 13-Minute News Hour. This past week, I had the opportunity to sit down with Mo Nihad, the host of The Texas Backyard. It was a great discussion, and he was able to ask me about my background, my interest in sports, my political experience, and how the 13-Minute News Hour came together. So, for tonight's special edition of the 13-Minute News Hour, sit back and enjoy the interview. And God bless the United States of America. Welcome again to the Texas Backyard. This evening in Fort Bend County, we have Bobby Abraham, who is the chairman-elect of Fort Bend County Republican Party. This is just a little bit about him. Thank you so much, Bobby, for joining us tonight over here. Well, I'm excited. I'm glad to be here. I've been waiting. I was, I was talking to friends earlier saying I get to be on Texas Backyard tonight, so I feel like I finally made it. I'm excited. So, Bobby, I've known you for a little while, starting last year. Uh, when I started getting involved with local party over here in Fort Bend County. Every time that I either see a video of yours mm. from years ago or that you sometimes share. Right. Uh, and I really didn't know that you were a race car driver. Right. Right. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, that's the other side, though. You know, that's like the hidden side. I've got you know, the political experience and we can we can talk about that. But if like anyone who's known me for a long time or family, I mean, one of the first words I would use to describe myself is athlete, because that's always been a part of my life. And before racing, it was tennis. And I ended up being a top 10 nationally ranked tennis player oh, and uh and sponsored by prince rackets and, and everything and so that was a big big part of my life and racing actually came about because tennis was phasing out i ended up having back surgery in 2009 and uh made everything all better but um i had accomplished my tennis goals basically and so i was looking for something to do because again um any athlete out there can can relate. It's like you're, you're really not complete until you're unless you're trying to beat someone at something. Right. I mean, that's just it right. just kind of motivates you. And so um, so I, I was looking around for what to do. And then I got for Christmas. I got a three day racing school um, gift. And so I've always been interested in cars. And uh, when I go to the little Chuck E. Cheese and go-karts, you know, with my daughter, we tend to win, but I didn't know what I was doing. And so then I actually went to racing school and I was just, I was just hooked. I mean, it was, it was a little scary at first because you're going so fast and the cars are, are small, but, um, once you're in that atmosphere, it was, um, like with tennis, it was easy to know like what to do next because you, there's courts all over the place. You find someone, um, you can, you can talk to people about there's the next tournament or in work your way up. This is more of an isolated profession. But once I was at racing school, they had their own racing series. So now once you finish school, you could race other guys and which was really cool. And then I started really enjoying it and getting better and better. And, uh, they had like a, a, a classification with that included everybody. Cause it's mostly like people that are 18 and 19 mm -hmm. years old that end up going into it professionally. And then they had a class for 30 and over. So my last year in, in doing that series, I think I was ninth out of 90. 
and won the wow. 30 and over division. So then I kind of felt like I was ready for the pros and I raced a regional series um, and ended up second in that. And that, that was all based in California. So I was able to find my race team there. And then from kind of like 2013 to 17 is when I did it at the pro level on the, the IndyCar side and uh, only had one major crash. And that was near the beginning when of course, you don't realize all the things you don't know right. about your skill level and you start to maybe think you're a little too big and bad at first. But I, um, I did some racing in 2013 where I was finishing up on the amateur circuit and I did a pro race and I won uh, my division, the, the 30 and over. And, uh, and then they said, Hey, well, why don't we do this race in Canada? I wasn't expecting to do that. And I won it both times there. And so then the next race was the Houston Grand Prix. And um, I was just so excited. And I had about 50 people there. And it was a street, the you know, cement walls surrounding the Astrodome. And I crashed not into one wall, but two walls. I, I smashed the whole left side. And then that threw me and smashed the whole right side. And I had no all four wheels were gone oh my god from the car and it was just this little smoking mess and uh that one hurt that one was that one was kind of bad but um once i healed up um and got back into it for 2014 then just each season started getting better and better and better and uh 17 was the like kind of the ultimate i qualified for uh indie lights which you know i was approaching you know 50 years old you know, 49 and um, basically making it to AAA baseball. Uh, but the, we didn't have the sponsorship for, for that season, so then moved on from there. And luckily, that was when um, kind of the you know, kids were old enough to get back into the grassroots politics side, which we can talk politics uh, a little more later. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was really um, a, an awesome experience. I trained harder for that than I ever did at tennis, which... Um, seems kind of counterintuitive for people that don't know racing because obviously tennis you have to have you starts and stops and agility and quickness and all of this stuff but as far as reaction time you have to react faster in racing and endurance wise uh, it's just cardio 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 and strength training you need them both um because you are worn out from from uh, in those particular cars that i drove um you get worn out so fast. So the more in shape you are, the more you can actually concentrate on what you're doing and hit your spots on the track and, and throttle at the right time, break at the right time. Because as soon as you get tired, as any athlete knows, you, what you lose is mentally, right. you can't focus. And then you start going downhill, but it's quite a bit different to lose focus and maybe hit a ball out instead of it being in and lose focus in a race car at 130 miles an hour. So you've really got to be um, focused on it. But it was it was such a great experience. And my team was um, it was interesting um, being in a, in a team concept because with tennis is completely individual. People think that racing is individual because it's just you in the car. But it really is with the mechanics and your coach and strategist and your engineer. Um, it really is a, a team deal because you can drive as hard as you want or as as well as you do on a session. And um, there might be something that that 
it's just wrong with the car that the, you need to fix in the car. And then you come back and you're all of a sudden better. Well, I didn't get better. They just made the car better. Right. So it's the, it takes the whole team to do that. And I love that. That was just, it was awesome because when, whenever you were successful on the track, it was the whole team felt it, you know, it, when it was just, it's a great feeling. So what's, what's your top speed? Uh, top speed in that car was about 165 or so and uh but you know you're on road courses so it's not like i've done a few ovals so you're not just keep going around you're going maybe that speed but then you're slamming on the brakes to try and take a 30 mile an hour corner as fast as you can so that's what's really crazy uh but there's a couple tracks one in particular in um wisconsin where you could get up to where you'd max out sixth gear and um you're just wide open and and then you're throwing it into a third gear corner wow. and yeah it's crazy just barely holding on yeah. so earlier we spoke and you said that you were born and raised at least for the first 10 11 years of your life in chicago right yeah so tell us about your time down here when you came down to texas oh well i mean yeah so i've been in texas since i was 11 and I've loved it. For me, I always tell friends, I think it was the best combination because from 11 and younger, I got like everything that you could want as a kid in the North. You know, we had snowball fights, we had ice skating, we'd play hockey in the streets. We do stupid stuff like grabbing car bumpers <laughs> and sliding, which you're never supposed to do. I may have done that, but, um, but then, you know, now I'd never, I, I, I don't like the cold, you know, I, I, I love the heat. I would train in the heat and I would never go back. But for a kid, it was, it was so fun. I mean, nothing like snowball fights. And there's plenty as a, as a kid to, to keep you occupied in the winter. And we had a blast. So where did you graduate high school from? High school, my hometown, I consider Victoria, Texas. So we moved from, from, um, Chicago area to um, Edna, Texas, mm -hmm. and that's like 5,000 people. So a big shock to, to move down to Texas in, the, in, uh, in a town like that. And we lived there two years and then moved to the big city of Victoria, and uh, which is 25 miles away. And that's when I went to junior high and high school. So I graduated from, from Victoria High and, um, and then went off to Texas A&M. College Station. And yeah. then you came back. And you did your undergrad where? Or your yeah, graduate. Undergraduate. Yeah, I did undergrad at um, Texas A&M in aerospace engineering uh, because my whole goal was uh, either to be a tennis player or an astronaut. Oh, that was wow. my, that was my, you know, it's like uh, so right. So um, so when I was at A&M, I was um, co-oping, which means you work a semester and go to school a semester. So I was working at actually at NASA as a 18 and 19 year old, wow. and. Um, so of course, an engineer would walk up to me and say, well, so what do you want to do? Where, what area do you want to work in over here? And I said, well, I want to be astronaut. That's what I want to do. That's why I'm here. And, and she said, um, well, you better get your butt to graduate school because you need to do that. So, uh, so after A&M uh, in aerospace, I went to Rice for a master's and PhD in mechanical. And then as soon as I had graduated there, from there, uh, then I went to work at NASA and ended up working there for 12 years. But the thing was, is that between my master's and my PhD, um, that's when I got the calling to politics. And from that moment on, I knew that that, that was my course. So, um, but I didn't really know anything. I was kind of drawn to it and helping. So, um, but while I was working at NASA, I was also building up my 
political news company and it kept growing and growing and growing until 2007. I, I quit NASA and just did that full time. So I, I know I learned about a month or two ago that you held uh, an executive leadership position with young Republicans statewide. Right. So right. tell us about that. Yeah. So that was during that, that burnout phase in, in graduate school where um, there was a few news stories that that just, you know, I tell people in speeches that, you know, all I all I really cared about was sports. You know, that's all I focused on. When the news would come on, I just watched the sports. But then, you know, there was news stories. I think Ross Perot kind of piqued my interest in politics because he had charts and graphs. And here I was an engineer right around that time in graduate school. But then also in 93 is when we had the, the case with um, Elizabeth Pena and Jennifer Ertman in Houston, where they were there were high school kids walking home and they got killed from a gang. They just came upon this gang initiation. They were raped and murdered. And that story, unlike any other leading up to that, just changed me. And I knew I had to get involved. So I called the Harris County party and uh, they gave me two suggestions. They gave me a congressional race to volunteer on and they suggested I get involved in the Young Republicans. And the congressional race was uh, Jerry Burley for CD18. It was the first year that Sheila Jackson Lee ran and won. I mean, we got 24% of the vote, uh, but that was my introduction into politics. And then I went to the Houston Young Republicans meeting and they needed a membership committee chair. So I volunteered. So like within a meeting or two, I was already a committee chair. And then I ended up being president of Houston Young Republicans and state chairman for Texas. And then the number three national officer wow. by, by the time I was done. Yes. What initiatives you have in mind, uh, they may not be solid, you know, mm -hmm. in stone, but so that we can attract. Well, that's a big deal. And I mean, that was one of the first things, even, um, you know, even before I was elected, you know, I'll, I'll take office in June, but uh, I was elected, you know, back in March. But even before then, December and January, I was talking with people about starting a young Republicans club. And they had one before, but um, but I, I talked to the right people and I found an energetic group. And sure enough, you know, just last month we had a great launch party uh, at Freedom Hall. They're federated and now they're ready to go. And anyone who just... I, I encourage people to go on Facebook or Instagram and look up Fort Bend County Young Republicans because they're having meetings, they're having happy hours, other social events, um, doing all the right stuff to get those folks energized. Because in that process of just having fun and, and fellowship, there's also the discussions of politics and getting involved. And I tell you, like I said, I never had, you know, a political class in undergraduate or in graduate school, I was focusing on math, you know, engineering. And so you learn, you, there's a potential to learn so much. And in Young Republicans, that's when I first really got exposed to people of different professions, uh, different interests, you know, different skill sets. And uh, but they're all drawn to this, this kind of this calling to to help people and to advance our cause. And and so that is just a, it's a really motivating thing for me. And so I want to I want to 
kind of pass that along and work with the young Republican groups and work, go to high schools, go to, you know, junior college campuses, wherever we can to just show what this message means, you know, and you, you can't blame a lot of young folks for not being engaged because they don't, they're out there, you know, seeking their fortune, right? They, they want to get out there and make their mark. So they're not really concerned so much as what does this policy, how does this impact them? You know, they don't have families yet. They're just starting their careers, but those ones that are engaged, um, we can use them to reach others and say, Hey, this is the time that you should be paying attention because all of this affects you. You know, this affects how much you can spend. You're so proud of that first paycheck, you know, that first job. Look at how much you thought you signed for and how much you're taking home. Right. You know, that difference is the government and the government wants to take from you what you earned. So because of that, the only logical question is, well, is it worth it? You know, are, are you spending that money wisely? And as we see time and time again, they're not. Right. You know, we need to keep that here in the States locally and put it to use there and let people spend their own money on their own projects. Because we've proven time and time again, economists over and over show that when the market works, when people control their own money, that's when you have progress and that's when you have prosperity. So you have your own news channel, correct? Yes. So what is it called? Well, I've had a news company since 2000. It's called GOPUSA.com, and that's uh, political news and commentary. So 22 years old, we had that. And so I've been commentating and studying news issues for since the middle 90s, but GOPUSA since 2000. And I focused mostly on writing. So I've had op-eds, you know, all over the place. Uh, but then... Um, I also got involved in television commentary. So I've been on MSNBC, Fox, and all of that. And then the last couple of years, started my own show on YouTube, which was a, a thrill. That was, that was a lot of fun because as experienced as you um, can be uh, hosting a show, or I mean, being on the other side, you know, my side, not, not what you're doing now. Being over there where you are is, is different. And when I decided to want to show, I thought to myself, you know, I, I, I do this all, I've done this, um, but I, I put my a little camera just on my desk and um, in my office and it was like test episode one. So no set or anything, because I knew that would come, but just test episode one, if I could deliver content. And then I watched it and I went, whoa, that was boring. That was not good. That was not entertaining. I thought you had game, but uh, but it was just and, and it's just like everything is a is a skill set, you know, and, and you really learn that um, as energetic as you think you might be. It's like some somehow the camera just zaps that. Right. And, um, you know, I, I look at my little um, audio box that we have and I used to have it at a certain volume setting and now it's half of what it was because I'm so much louder in my studio doing my show but that level when it come when people watch it it's uh it's not like wild and crazy but it's not super boring you right. know where it just puts people to sleep because I was so disappointed I thought man maybe I can't do this but you practice and you and you um you get that experience and you 
and so you learn. What's the deal with your uh, show? It's 13 minutes something. Right, 13 minute news hour. And the, de the deal with that is, and if you see like, uh, my number's always been 13. So you see any of my racing pictures, either on my um, suit or on my car, on the, the front or the back wing, it's 13. And the reason was because I was born on March 13th. Okay. And I turned 13 on a Friday the 13th. So yeah, it's all messed up, right? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's always been my lucky number and um, I've always used it for everything. So when I was, coming up with the idea for the show, like in 2018 or 19, um, I thought, okay, let's, let's study the, the shows that are out there like Shapiro and some of these others. Um, but those guys will talk for an hour. Right. And I knew that just based on the, the operations or the logistics of me doing it myself, you know, putting all that content together for an hour show and all the post-production and then just the physical time it takes to export the show or upload the show that's impossible and i didn't want to do it that long so i thought well let's chop it down to something like 15 minutes we'll just pack issues into that and so it's like well if it's 15 it might as well be 13 and then we got the branding right okay, okay. so that's how that's how the 13 minute news hour came and I, it's usually four segments um so you know only a few minutes each but i try and give um the facts and some analysis on why this matters and um and people i mean we grew to over a hundred thousand in less than two years awesome. and so i was really happy with that now youtube's kind of put the hammer down on it and uh we were talking you know earlier off camera uh, i finally get to do a show again this friday because i've been in youtube jail for the last two weeks they kicked me off for um covid misinformation and all I was talking about was what the news media is actually acknowledging now. But for some reason, if I talk about it, it's uh, it's a no, no. So you, you can't do that. YouTube is going to be bought out by somebody. Well, unfortunately, Google bought it, you know, from the original owners. I'd love for Elon Musk to swoop in and, <laughs> and do YouTube because then you can just say what you want. And I'm on a rumble, too. Um, but the problem is, is that you just you want those other platforms to to offer the the amenities that a YouTube does, because I, I really like the format that we do because our shows premiere, they premiere. So you have live chat, even with a recorded show. And we really build the sense of community. I've got moderators that have been with me uh, for several years now and they help run the discussion. So we got this discussion going as we watch the show and it's just a fun atmosphere. It's just a really good atmosphere. And um, those are just some of the things that aren't available on other platforms. But yeah, so I'm on Rumble. Whenever I post on YouTube, I post on Rumble as well. And then, you know, post a link on Facebook and stuff. But I, I've really enjoyed it. It's, uh, it's the one thing that's suffering a little bit because of the busyness of uh, putting the, the leadership together and helping with the campaigns as far as, as, far as Fort Bend County Republican Party. But, um, but I enjoy it. I really do. What would you recommend a young teenager who is going to college and university in regards to if it's good for them to actually choose a major as political science? Man, that was that one's hard because I've actually thought about that question through my life a lot. Right. Because when I was getting involved in Young Republicans, that was right after I had finished my Ph.D. So I, I graduated with that in 95. And most of my Young Republican stuff was around 95 to 2000. And um, I always liked the fact that I was an engineer. 
because you had a lot of business folks and and uh, attorneys and stuff like that that um, just the problem solving and the cut through the BS of uh, engineering. It just it, to me it was such a good skill. So it's like, hey, you've got this this. Um, this issue, what's the nuts and bolts of it? So, which is funny because I, I specialize in uh, messaging and communication now, which means you kind of take the nuts and bolts and you put your spin on it, right? But to understand the issue at its basics and, and answer the yes, no questions, um, I think it's a great skill. I mean, I would uh, recommend engineering um, for, I mean, I. I had people like my core group of friends from from A&M and from high school that went into engineering. It's just funny. Some of those the smartest ones that, that I still stay in touch with. One is now a corporate attorney. One is, you know, made a ton of money in business and energy trading. Uh, I'm now in politics, but they all um, have taken that analytical thinking into a new profession. And so I, I just I think it's it's just great the way it helps you think. So uh, if there is a young adult, a teenager who doesn't want to run for office in the mm -hmm. future, but they do have aspiration where they can actually be an advocate and be an influencer. Mm -hmm. So what recommendation or suggestion do you have for those young teenagers? Yeah, I would say get involved, get involved in the political process and get deeper than just the social media presence. You know, I think one of the problems is uh, that we see now is that you've got these these influencers and I've met s some of that at different conferences and stuff where, um, you know, they'll throw a soundbite out there on, on uh Instagram or TikTok or yeah. whatever, right? And it's like, yeah, you're awesome and stuff like that. And then you you talk to some of these folks in person and it's very thin. You know, there's no depth to the issues, the knowledge and stuff, and yet they're very popular. So I would say, yeah, work on building your followings and stuff because it is important. It's the medium, the media that we work in right now. But but remember why you're there. You know, you're there to um, to learn about conservative principles and spread that message. So you want to be knowledgeable about doing that. So I would encourage younger folks to to study the issues, get together with friends, have discussions, go to rallies, talk to legislators and, and just learn. I mean, when I first got involved in Young Republicans, I thought that, man, that's why I was there to run for office, like you said. I mean, why why else would you get involved in politics? Right. I didn't know that the, all the other sides of things. And it's just funny how, how things have evolved because that was my my sole focus, at least for me personally, no no judgment on anyone else. But I realized that for me, I, I, did, I couldn't be away from my kids, you know, and and you really have to be out there and be at the clubs and talk to people and, and be engaged to be effective. And um, that wasn't for me. But what was for me was to really focus and learn this, uh, this, the portion of politics that's the messaging and the communications and strategy. And now my kids are 25 and 20 and the, the original ideas or motivations are now pushing me again to, to be out right. there and uh, being Fort Bend County Republican Party chairman is just I'm, I'm so excited because we have so many cool people out there so many people that make great candidates that make great volunteers activists right. I mean um, you want to know about knowing your stuff you know I've, I've been on uh, TV like on the BBC three against one against Democrat operatives debating wow. but 
to really know your stuff, you go to a meeting of precinct chairs and grassroots activists because they know the issues more than anybody and they will quiz you and grill you and make sure that you as the leader know what you're doing. Uh, the, the hardest group is our activists because they're so passionate and knowledgeable about the issues, whether it's election integrity or what's going on on the border or you name it. There's, there's always someone out there that that's their issue and, and they know it better than anybody. And now in my position, I get a chance, an opportunity to meet those folks and learn from them. And, and that's really cool. And so I, I look forward to bringing all those people together to help our candidates win because they're out there working so hard. And I'm not going to be one that um, is lagging behind. You know, I'm going to be out there leading and working hard and say, if I'm out here working, you folks should be too. Let's do this because we can win. Absolutely. So let me ask you, if we have young teenagers, yeah. and they want to go ahead and not necessarily help a candidate, but help the party. Right, right. How do they reach out to the party? Um, well, we'll have uh, the website. Everything is in a transition for, you know, the next couple months or the next month or so. But, man, we've got political committee, communications committee, fundraising, all sorts of places where they can get involved and volunteer, our volunteer coordinator. We will communicate and we will get with these folks and we will tie them in to campaigns where they can volunteer because we need the the not everything is going to be, you know, Hollywood and lights and everything like that. It's a lot of phone calls and block walking and, and things like that. But what I would encourage the candidates to do, since we're speaking, you know, out to this this audience, is to bring the young people in on on everything. You know, yeah, we want to use folks. We need folks for block walking and, and mailers and, and things like that. But let them sit in on a strategy session. Let them sit in on when you're talking about how we're going to raise this money or how we're going to organize an event. Organizing events is um, it brings a lot of skill sets together. And that is that's one way where where um, they can get involved and see something come out of it, a, a successful event. But I would encourage candidates to do that. As far as the party, we'll be returning emails. We'll be getting them involved. And I'll put them to work for events that we're going to have in the party. Uh, we've got some good fundraisers planned down the line. And plus, we'll be doing our block walking and texting and calling and everything that needs to be done to try and get these guys across the finish line. Awesome. Awesome. Any last words of wisdom you have for not just young adults, but uh, Fort Bend County voters, Fort Bend County residents mm -hmm. that could help us in the next upcoming weeks? Well, I mean, I think one of the things that's so exciting is, is Fort Bend is being the chairman of Fort Bend, not just being a county chairman, but the chairman of Fort Bend County, because it's the most diverse county in the entire state top five in the nation and for us to be able to win is a recipe for others to win to follow we see what's going on at the border right the democrats are losing the hispanic vote we see what's going on in fort bend county where we're bringing people over the recipe is to show these folks that kind of they don't follow politics enough to to just be set in a philosophy so they'll swing with whatever way they think the momentum's going now is the chance to reach those voters and say look okay you may have been offended at mean tweets or whatever, but
But look at what we've had for the last year and a half or so. This is the Democrat Party in action. And it's not like the old days. This is the thing that I really want to get across to independent voters. It's not like the old days where you might have a debate on we want to cut taxes or we want to raise them a little bit. Or we want to have this program at the state level and no, we want to have this at the federal level. Those days of Republican versus Democrat debates, unfortunately, are over. What we have is a party that is hijacked by this woke radical left that wants to do things that that were just unheard of. And that's I mean, sexualizing children. I mean, boys and girls restrooms, critical race theory, all this woke ideology. It's it's anti-American. Everything about patriotism brings us together. Jew, Muslim, Catholic, it, it doesn't matter. You are Americans, and that's what binds us together. And under this messaging of tolerance and inclusion that they talk about, they are the most intolerant, bigoted, and biased people. And, and they seek to divide because they know through division they can seize power. And there, but there's nothing stronger than a united America, and that's what they're fighting against. And so, what we need to do is we need to, as party officials, is take our message out, not to in the the you know keep going to our events where it's all rah rah and we are all cool. It's go out to the independent voters and say, here's our issues, here's what we believe. We believe in safe communities, strong families opportunity for all. That's what we believe. We are the party of parents and moms and dads and kids. Look at what's going on with the Democrats right now. If we lose our way, vote us out. Right. But these people do not deserve to be in office. So get us in there and we'll show you what we can do. And, and now's the time to do that. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. Guys, Bobby Aberly, follow him. He's on Facebook, on other platforms. It's easy to get in touch with.